Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. It's Judgment Day for Pete DeBoer. More after this. For Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, everyone, I'm Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick, and you could follow us at Lockdown VGK, myself at Nudasco. Chris Golick could be found at TD Chris G on Twitter, and uh, we have a lot of lively conversations. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. And Kelly McCrimmon, Chris, is expected to meet with Pete DeBoer today, and uh, that should decide the fate. BGK's head coach. And if you were to point out, let's do pros and cons. If you were to point out both sides of a nation, that's how my bosses in the past would evaluate me and would go against all these KPIs and all those other buzzwords <laughs> that they throw around. Oh, we're, you're giving me, oh, you're God, you're giving me, uh, yeah. I need a ton. Yeah, yeah bad nightmares, back. flashbacks. Yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. right back. Hold on. You, you do the show let's without do, me. <laughs> let's, do, let's do pros and cons in our second video show. Uh, pros, uh, okay, so they played through adversity, they played through ah, uh, injuries, uh, you know, had the team right there in the end, okay, uh, despite everything adversity, in, injuries, and all that. Uh, he couldn't roll four lines due to this cap once again, late in when it mattered the most. So, you got to feel for him, you know, about that. Uh, a lot of pressure being applied, I think, by the front off and all those games that they played with the LTIR. So those are some of the pros, I think, and you you might have some more. Uh, the cons, again, the system. Got to point to that directly first and foremost. It's an antiquated system. It's a predictable uh, system, GK. The poor power, of course, poor special team overall. The lack of creativity. Uh, the tentativeness of this team. If you make a mistake, what does that mean? And then the lack of aggressiveness, shootout record, all of those things. And do pros outweigh cons or do cons outweigh the pros? And let's go through your list of KPIs while you're at it. <laughs> Jeez. I'm glad you didn't give me a heads up about that question because I would have uh, scrapped that before we even started. Um, so, Let's start maybe a level higher because you did mention front office. Bill Foley ultimately, I think, is going to weigh in on these decisions. <clears throat> so, if I'm Bill Foley, I'm trying to I'm trying to put my former manager director hat on right now. I want to start by evaluating where the team was two or three years ago, where the team is now. Are we in a better path or are we not on a better path? Now we go a step deeper. I want to evaluate this year's roster, where I felt this team could have been, what got in our way, what injuries, um, what compromises got in the way. Could we have overcome that? Going a step farther, now is when we start looking at DeBoer and his strategy and how the on-ice product was 
when you take everything else and put it inside of a blender. Um, I just interacted with a member who hit us on Twitter about 20 minutes ago. <clears throat> and I don't know if DeBoer should shoulder everything right now because he did not put together this roster. This roster was in the making even before DeBoer replaced Gallant. This is an aging vet roster that has a higher potential of injuries than a younger roster would have, like that unsustainable model season one roster. So is this all on DeBoer? I don't think so. Pros and cons. I mean, we can start with the cons first. Everything you mentioned about the power less play. NV Energy is going to want some of their sponsorship money back, I think. Um, the scheme, the predictability, the system, it just all felt repetitive. The, con the, the pros about DeBoer, DeBoer sticks to his guns. DeBoer does what DeBoer feels is right. And there's one, there's one thing I do like about DeBoer. He is not afraid to make a big decision. I felt that was on display going back to this Vancouver series in the bubble when the entire world thought Marc-Andre Fleury would have started game seven after uh, Leonard did not have a solid game six. It was back to back. Mind you, it was in the same city, so there wasn't any travel or anything like that, but it was a back to back scenario. DeBoer says, no, Leonard is starting this game. What does Leonard do? He shuts out Vancouver and, and the Golden Knights win one or two nothing. I forgot they got an empty netter at the end of the game. So DeBoer sticks to his guns. He is probably a process before results type of individual. But DeBoer has also alluded to we are in a results-driven world. And at the end of the day, it's wins, it's losses, it's how far you make it in the playoffs. And just what a spot for VGK right now. Gerard Gallant goes Stanley Cup final. The team loses game seven against the Sharks, which some of that should be on him. Four-game losing streak, and boom, Gallant's gone. Pete DeBoer, conference final. Conference final, loses, has a season where 505 or 508 man games are lost due to compromises, not injuries, compromises. Not injuries. And he's no, on the hot seat. DeBoer said compromises. Yeah, yeah, So, and he's on the – I mean, Vegas is – this is a tough place to play. This is a tough place to coach, Tony. And what a change from this year one, you know, Chicago Cubs type of love affair with the team and stuff to where we are now. It's it's the evil, evil empire, someone said, I think. Yeah, it's very Daniel Negreanu, actually. Negreanu said evil empire. Yeah, he's been all over uh, VGK <laughs> and Kelly McCrimmon. And, you know, this is a team I feel that uh, is bearing – uh, within even especially the local community, the local fan base, we see their reactions every day. Either they're in love with this team or right now, some are teetering towards the hate side. And I have to bring up, you know, again, I just can't get some of the quotes, you know, from Kelly McCrimmon out of my mind. Uh, but the sustainability, okay? After season one, felt that this would not be a team that could sustain that level of, okay? To make it to the Stanley Cup final. So I don't know strange, what he so saw weird. or what happened. Okay. What went right there? Sustainability. Does VGK right now have the roster that could sustain being in the playoffs year in and year out? Do they have the facility? That's my biggest question. 
because they have to make a lot of personnel changes, I feel, if they're going to be a major Stanley Cup competitor. Poker players talk about variance a lot. They play very, very well, but they cannot control the next card off of the deck. They can't control their opponent getting lucky and sucking out, if you will, that type of thing. So comparing that to VGK, VGK alongside of the uh, ace-king versus pocket seven type of race. They never completed their straights or flushes on the river. They missed all of their you know, 64% of their outs that they had with all the money in in, uh, in the middle. So will things get better? Uh, let's just assume we have the exact same roster, drop the salary cap, all that for a second. Can this exact same team have better roster luck next year? And in my opinion, that's not a lock by any means because this aging veteran roster is now going to be aging one more year. Every year, you, you know, bumps and bruises and everything that you put your body through as a professional athlete. I mean, I know how I feel after doing two hours, two or three hours of beer league hockey games. You know, and I'm, I'm breaking a sweat sometimes. I'm not moving that fast. I am not 1% of the skaters that these professional athletes are. And tonight I'm actually doing my fourth day in a row of officiating and I'm regretting it right now. So what is the recovery process like for someone who's been doing this at a high level their entire year or their, their entire you know career, their entire life? And now we got another year under our belt. We have another year of bumps and bruises and hits and working out every single day. So I don't know if this current model is sustainable. I think it's a lot less sustainable than the unsustainable business model of year number one that was a the Stanley Cup favorite over the Capitals when that when that uh series started. Yeah, and after listening again Freeman's comments uh when at the press conference at the end of the season, you know, I just felt that more negatives I think coming out of his mouth about Pete DeBoer. He said that DeBoer had done a good job up first half of the season, but then the second half played just 500 for the past uh 35 games. Uh, leading up to the finale, and that didn't sit too well. It didn't sit well with the front office. And, again, I just, you know, that system's got to be changed. I, I am really about 50-50 right now, uh, but I would have to – I go back and forth, but my lean has been towards getting rid of DeBoer entirely. This, you know, this past week, what I've evaluated, I've watched that McCrimmon presser like three times. Uh, and even, Sorry. you know, state – run state run youtube yeah state run youtube by vgk even cut out the the dysfunctional part at the end of the video so of course you have to find that somewhere else online but uh and and again you know we were talking in yesterday's uh episode chris about if they get rid of pete DeBoer, it'll be after five o'clock uh afternoon (laughs) part of the stump if they keep them, we won't know anything perhaps until next week. Maybe Dr. Frank Saravelli breaks a story, you know, or Emily Kaplan <laughs> over the weekend. But they're going to keep this as quiet. If they keep him, if they fire him, again, it'll all be equally as quiet. It'll come. It'll happen after everyone's gone home or gone on their boats for the weekend. 
this goes back to the evaluation process, I think, and where you know everything everything rolls downhill, right? Where does where 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 does the boulder come? Where does the boulder highway come? There you go. Where does that boulder come? Where everything comes to a stop? And I think at the end of the day, uh, Foley has to look at two or three different things right now. One, could DeBoer have overcome the injury situation? First 40 games, everything was going well, competing for the lead in the Pacific, comfortably in a playoff spot. As players returned to health in the last 40 games is when we fell off track a lot, obviously. And is that because DeBoer was not coaching as well as he should have? Fair. Is that because other teams started competing a lot harder and they were a little more uh, well-rested? I think Stone made the comment about that where the players are hitting breaking points because they're playing so much. They're playing more minutes than expected. And that even goes to the line one and line two, instead of logging, you know, that 18 to 22 minutes. Now it's 23 to 24 and 25 minutes where they're getting thumped and pounded and beaten to a pulp by the other team's checking line. And the chemistry of the interchanging parts of the lines all the time. And I, I think DeBoer does shoulder a lot of this blame. I think that there could have been more creativity at times with the roster and with the lines, whatever happens in practice as well. But I don't know if you can put this only on DeBoer. Now, if I'm Foley and I say I'm firing someone to make a point, then it's going to be DeBoer. It's not going to be McPhee. It's not going to be McCrimmon. I think Foley wants to see the plan through that they have put together. This sustainable model. I keep going back to that, and that's that. That's a that. That's my trigger today, Tony. The unsustainable model that went to the Stanley Cup final. Now we seem to have an unsustainable cap team that apparently uh, is on track to becoming a sustainable model. Uh, if you can figure that out, you can figure out advanced algebra in your head. You know that foil system like the back of your hand. And that's that that's it's a Rubik's cube, but it's not like a three by three by three Rubik's cube. It's like one of those crazy six by seven triangular ones right now that, you know, needs to be figured out right now. And uh, yeah, I, I can only imagine how City National is right now. I can only imagine how City National is. I was looking up last night when I was reffing over there and you got the misfits all on the one picture. William Carlson is by himself on another picture of your favorites. And maybe I should just keep an eye out and see if they start changing some, uh, some do some redecorating. That'll tell us what's happening in the near future, Tony. And did Pete DeBoer more or less seal his fate by saying that the power play unit was dead on arrival? Because it, he has to admit that it's dead if he's going to perform an autopsy with the analytics department. I just think he's using too much of the analytics too anyway. And that, I think, is part of the problem that needs to change. The DOA comment about uh, the autopsy, Tony. That's pretty. Uh, that, that that's pretty good stuff right there. That's got viral potential. That was that was solid. So uh, good job with your media hat today, brother. Um, but that is a legit perspective. I mean, when you say that, yes, you are saying my power play unit of the team that I lead with a ninety million dollar payroll, seven million dollars over the salary cap, or whatever the number is right now. My power play unit that I procured is dead on arrival. 
that doesn't sound good. But same breath, DeBoer does show some humanism when he's talking. Is that a word, humanism? I don't know, whatever. But he does show some character when he's talking. He's approachable. I mean, would you rather have Pete DeBoer or like Tortorella coming in here and just clean house? But they would never hire someone like Torts because he's gallant. He's going to go in his office, close the door. I'm going to coach this damn team. It's my team. Don't you talk to me. McCrimmon, McPhee, you give me a roster. I'll make whatever I can with it, but don't interfere with me. They're not going to get someone like that. Maybe a Joel Quinville, but there's an extra bag of issues that we don't need to go into right now, but there's an extra amount of uncertainty about um, the distractions that he would bring despite his track record of, of success and his Panthers team that he led, which is now uh, well down one nothing, but also uh, the the President's Cup winners. So there's bodies out there. There are people, I think, who can juggle things up should they decide to go that route. You know, 5 o'clock can't come soon enough, Tony. Stay with us. Coming up next, VGK hacking physicality. How can they improve? You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. And Bill Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on the family vacations. Wherever you go, throw them in your bags. Throw them in the kids' backpack, okay? And make sure that everyone has a bar so that everyone is fueled and ready to go for the summer adventures. The best part about Bilt Bars, they are healthy, they're delicious, no more sacrificing delicious food for health. And, and with Bilt Bars, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Bilt.com, and you can order now. Everything, including the puffs, covered in 100% real chocolate. I'm hungry right now, and I need a Bilt Bar bad. That means that with Bilt Bar, that you could have uh, both eating healthy and actually enjoying it at the very same time. And uh, with Puffs, you've got some great flavors, banana cream pie, and even churro. And who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? Only 140 calories. So sign both myself and Chris up. Definitely make sure that there is something for everyone. And do you know what my favorite flavor is? It is banana cream banana pie. Banana cream pie. That is. Right now, I am ready to go. Built bar, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, Four net carbs and 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15. You will get 15% off of your order. Go to locked on, uh, go to built.com, use the promo code team, 15% off at, at built.com. Welcome back. And for your next listen, make sure that you check out Lock On Now, nightly recaps of each and every NHL game with analysis from all of our local experts. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Tony Cardasco and my man, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We are now on video, and that's why I'm screwing things up. No teleprompter in front of me. And uh, another <laughs> another Kelly McCrimmon-ism, another line, Chris, that we heard. This one stood out to me this week, amongst others. There are many comments and quotes. Uh, the media, he said, would not be talking about the physical this team if VGK had played at full strength this season. And I strongly disagree. I, okay. 
if you're rolling four lines, your fourth line is the energy line. And Nick Wah, Keegan Colasar, William Carrier, that's that's a line that's that's gonna thump you. Um, if the team was winning, would physicality be questioned? Probably not. If the team's winning, I don't care how they win, Tony. I don't care how they win the Stanley Cup. I don't care about the names on the back of the jersey if they win the Stanley Cup. As amazing as it would have been season one to see Derek England pass the puck or pass the the cup off to uh, Flurry, passes it to James Neal, to David Perron, then we work our way down. That'd be awesome, Tony. And if uh, season six, how amazing if they just decided, oh, Mark Andre Flurry, let's get him back here. David Perron, yep, yep. James Neal, we're going to pull him out of the AHL, and uh, it's going to be amazing. Sure, VGK fans would love that type of Stanley Cup team, but you know, people get too emotionally tied to things like that. So to your point, would physicality be questioned if they are winning? No. If the power play was the same dismal power play that it is now, but they made it deep into the playoffs, would we be questioning it? A little bit. But you know, this is what happens when things don't go well. Speaking of not going well, over my shoulder back here, did you notice that Enoch jersey I got? Not Eakin, Enoch. My guys wow. over at Legacy Sports Cards uh, had that made when he had a signing over there. And someone pressed the wrong button on the on the stamper, so I picked that up. So that's a signed Enoch jersey. So that's anyway. You said things not going well, so you know I figured that was a good time to to drop that in there. But that's by design, folks. Don't at me on Twitter. My jersey's wrong. It's on purpose, and if it triggers you, then it did my job. I did my job with it. Okay, so I'm going to trigger fanboys everywhere from coast to coast because people said, and all season long, I just constantly, I constantly, Chris, I had to point out, you know, that VGK was you, getting you like hashtag hit. fanboy. Yes, fanboy Friday. It's right here. It's it's live. It's live, and we're on video today too. Each and every game, Chris. Each and every game, VGK was out hit. Out hit in every game. And oh, that's not a big deal. That's not a big stat. Yeah, it is. It is because of the accumulation of those hits. And what happens is VGK gets very frail. They get worn down. And they're not the first team. They're not the aggressor. They're not the ones that are hitting first. I thought that they were very, very soft in that area. And there's no sandpaper on this team. None. <laughs> All the grits in Philadelphia with Gritty, I guess, eh? Um, again, the Ryan Reeves effect. This is now the third show in a row. I'm I'm back on the Ryan Reeves bandwagon, and it's just pretty crazy how fast that happened. VGK needs someone like that, uh, whether it's Tom Wilson, Ryan Reeves, uh, Sedano Chara wants to hang out for another season and to you know keep his uh, retirement uh, tour, uh, you know, prolonged stuff like that. But we need that energy spark where as someone's about to get leveled in the corner, the crowd is already on their feet chanting that person's name. I brought up uh, 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 Byron, Lowen Byron from, uh, from Henderson. He could be that type. He is that, that large individual. So going back a long time ago, I want to say maybe 2005, 2006, uh, back when I used to live outside of Chicago, I went to a rookie camp. And this scrawny guy comes skating out like a half hour before it starts. Got a big gold chain on, 
but just he looked like this punk. And I watched him get absolutely thumped by the veterans that were hanging out in the rookie camp for conditioning purposes. And they were just pounding this guy into a pulp. Next season, I go back to the rookie camp, and it's Dustin Bufflin. He bulked up big time. And as a result, one of the hardest shots in the NHL, if you watch a Dustin Bufflin hit montage on YouTube, oh, my goodness. He, I mean, remember he, he had two Golden Knights by the scruff in season one. I don't know if it was during the playoffs or the end of the regular season, just dragging them, just dragging them. So maybe, uh, you know, someone like Bowen Byram, or Lowen Byram, excuse me, who has that, that size and stuff, if he can maybe even put on a few more pounds and not compromise his speed while improving his strength, someone like that could be what we need. And yes, getting out hit all the time, that's a problem. When you get out hit, your players are getting punished. When your players are getting punished, they're getting hurt, they're getting injured, or Jonathan Marcheseau is slashing you in the back of the leg because he's had enough, and now he's going in the box, and the Golden Knights give up a, a late power play goal and lose. That's four points right there, right? That's a four-point yeah. swing. You know what else I really noticed in the playoffs? Of these teams, what's making them successful and what's gotten them into this stage, into the playoffs, they are finishing their checks, Chris. And that's something at Golden Knights was absent this past season. No doubt. And the line one and line two players, I've been saying this for four or five years now in general, you just don't see checks being finished the way they used to. Um, the refs call that a little bit tighter now, too. There is more of a defined timeline as far as when you can finish a hit. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau is the first one that comes to mind when Tom Wilson absolutely crushed him in game one of the Stanley Cup final. And then um, uh, Reeves returned the favor the first time they came back to T-Mobile and Reeves gets the gate for a, an interference major. So the timing is so critical of stuff like that. But yes, more finishing the checks, more physicality, more aggression. Um, I mean, maybe even more fights, but not Keegan Colstar. He just, he's not a fighter. He, he tries. He did have a really good gut punch. I remember if it was this season or last year, but he got a guy right in the gut. That was, that's his go-to. You just don't see a whole lot of that. And I'm guessing if you go around punching people in the guts during a fight, someone's going to blindside you. And uh, you're going to be in the first row eating nachos with Alec Martinez. Right, and it's right in the area where there's some padding too. It doesn't make much sense, but in any event, depending, yeah, that's better. True. It's it's perhaps better than punching someone in the helmet, and we've seen a lot of that. Uh, coming up next, we'll take away some of the positives that happened this past season. You are listening and watching, and watching, lockdown Golden Knights. Very good, very good. Of course, uh, we'd like to thank our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is really a very good website where you could find all of the Stanley Cup uh, odds and everything else that goes around at this time of the year. We've got Major League Baseball. We've got uh, hockey, as I mentioned. We've got the NBA playoffs as well. And this is a really good time to visit betonline.net. It is your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and all of your information and much, much more. It's your continued source for uh, the wagering information, for live betting, uh, everything from the playoffs to esports, and much more. So you can decide today or go to your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. 
Welcome back from Las Vegas, Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. We thank you all for tuning in. And again, we are free and available watching. wherever you find your podcast. You're watching, you're listening, you're, you're learning something today, I hope. And uh, Chris, as we head into this weekend, before we see this media dump of Pete DeBoer getting fired, let's uh, now stress some of I had to go there. Yeah. Let's stress some of the positives that came out of this season for VGK. And I know that you'd like to talk first and foremost about Logan Thompson. It's a positive, but on the negative side, because they seem to try to balance things out for some stupid reason. Uh, Robin Leonard could now be on the trading block. No, no, let's, let's stick to positives. Let's stick to positives. <laughs> Logan Thompson was our savior. He gave, the Golden Knights a chance. And before I even just start rattling off, re re regurgitating stats, I guess you can say, Ben Hutton, what a what a pickup that is right there. When when the signing is that the Barbie dog? Like, that's the yes, Barbie that, dog. That, that, that's the that, that's the Barbie dog guy. That's the first thing uh, that surfaced with him. Like, okay, this is who we got. And then the reaction was like, okay, this guy's pretty Vegas if he's willing to put himself out there like that. Uh, Nick Waugh, a nice solid year. Howden uh, was a good filler. Patrick, when he was healthy. Um, Coglin pitched in a lot in the back. Uh, Will Carrier, career best year as far as points go. Um, now just kind of going down by the stats. This is the first thing that really stood out to me. Can you guess Zach Whitecloud's plus minus on the year? Uh, did he lead the team? He led the team. Okay, he was about a plus somewhere with plus twelve and plus fifteen. Yeah, hit hit me blackjack twenty one. He was a plus wow. twenty one. Tony, that wow. is, I found that remarkable. Fifty nine games played, plus twenty one, mm -hmm. only nineteen points on the season. So he took care of the house, if you will, whenever he was out there. Uh, Nick Wild plus twelve. Nick Wild oh. plus twelve. Who's grinding down on the third line and such, and also having time on the first line, which is not known for their defensive ability. Um, McNabb, a plus 10 while he's out there, just uh, absolutely leveling people. Um, now going away from the stats, just kind of general feel, watching the HSK boys uh, make their mark, Miramanov in the back, uh, looking at uh, LeCision, Ron Bjerg, uh, Paul Cotter. Paul Cotter is someone I think you might see a little more of next year. Um, Dorofiev, I think he really is going to make a case for ex an extended. I don't know if he's going to be an 82, you know, game type player, but I think uh, Dorofiev is someone he might start like down in Henderson and, and work his way up. He might have a real strong rookie camp, but there's there's a lot to look forward to as far as the bottom you know, bottom six next year, depending on what happens with, of course, line four and everything. Um, you can make a real nice line three from uh, from Team Henderson, if you will. Line four hopefully stays intact, you know, some combination of Carrier, Wa, and then, you know, Colasar, who, again, a solid season as well. Uh, top 10 in the league in hits. Uh, fourth amongst scoring for the top 10 in hits. Higher than Ryan Reeves, but... Apparently, I'm back on the Ryan Reeves train right now, so I don't know if I'm on Colasar or Reeves or uh, maybe Tom Wilson. Maybe we can get Tom Wilson in a Golden Knights jersey. Speaking of triggering the VGK faithful, huh? Yeah, that would definitely... Evander Kane. 
trigger. He scored a goal last night or a couple of nights ago. Yeah, all he does is now. score goals. No. All he does yeah, is score goals. He's uh, really fit in very well. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about positives, again, you know, Chandler Stevenson, I thought, was oh, a no plus. Doubt. And, of course, career year. Several players on this team actually did have career years because they played a lot. And playing more minutes due to injuries is a plus and minus in and of itself. And uh, yes. what did you think of Alex Petrangelo? Because I'm still, I'm still iffy on his overall performance. Played a lot more minutes. Perhaps he did wear down. Uh, he was, you know, 100% or they had a few days off. At times, you know, I think he was a little bit behind the play. Another trait that VGK really need to change next season is this puck watching. Because that was a repeated trend with, with this year's Golden Knights team. So Petrangelo, one thing I liked about his first games with BGK, I noticed on the power play, all the guy did was shoot the puck. All he did was shoot the puck, which is not a bad thing. I know we go up and back about that one more pass versus, you know, shooting the puck right into the goalie's crest and stuff like that. So he's someone who I thought could give an edge and help improve the power play situation throughout. Um, obviously that was not the case as a whole. That's not only on Petrangelo. You can put that on, you know, starting with the coaches and everybody on downhill, as we discussed. Um, is Petrangelo worth that contract? And is he going to be worth that contract in, you know, four or five years from now? That's probably the biggest question. You know, the biggest thing as a GM is, will someone outperform their contract, right? And how can Pacioretty outperform his contract? How can Stone outperform his contract? How can Petrangelo outperform his contract? Or your favorite, how can William Carlson outperform his contracts? And did I, you I just say under, underperform. William. Did you say underperform his contract? I mean, underperform is is fair. And I, I pull up his just a stat line here. And I mean, Carlson, thirty five points plus three on the year, but plus nineteen plus eleven the previous years. I mean. I don't know. Two empty um, netters. I'm trying to make two empty netters. Uh, two empty netters. One that he kicked into the goal. Proceed. <laughs> Fair enough, but you know, will someone return? Give us any return for someone like William Carlson? You know, that's that that's the other thing that needs to be evaluated. And you know, all the, I know we're kind of changing gears here, but all these questions in the off season about these big contracts that BGK has. And now we go back to how we started the show with Bill Foley evaluating things. Let's look at VGK, you know, just let's look at VGK after the bubble year. Uh, first year with the Leonard Flurry tandem, make it to the conference finals, and Dallas knocks us out after that seven-game emotional series against Vancouver, which is probably why we lost to Dallas in five if you had to if, if I had to pinpoint something. So Coming into season number four, was the team in a better place than coming in to season number six, which is where we are right now. And with all these amazing names on the roster, I think we're a little bit behind the pace. I think somehow we went from cup in three, or sorry, playoffs in three, cup in six, to playoffs in one, almost cup in one. Well, we'll win a cup by season five. Okay, well, not season five. We'll go back to our original plan of playoffs in three, cup in six. We're behind the eight ball right now, Tony. We are behind the eight ball unless McCrimmon can 
pull some magic out of the hat, or if we can get DeBoer to change his style a little bit, or the assistants to uh, put something else in the water or some new assistants, there's going to be a lot of things, a lot of boxes that need to be checked to get back on pace for Cup and Six right now. Chris, uh, coming up on Monday's show, we'll talk more. We have the Pete DeBoer watch going on currently, and we'll fill everyone in on that and bring you up to date. Hasn't been fired. I'm watching. Hasn't been fired yet. <laughs> All right. <laughs> everyone, for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. And for your second listen, make sure that you check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with the host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone. They help you to become the expert of your Chris Golick Fantasy Hockey League. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Everyone, have a great weekend. Sorry that we had to uh, alarm you with our video presence, uh, but we appreciate everyone tuning in. For Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cudasco. We'll see you again, once again, Monday, right here on Lockdown Golden Knights. Take care.